differently. I feel it again. The pull to the light. Supreme Leader senses it. Show me again the power of the darkness. And I will let nothing stand in our way. Show me. Grandfather. And I will finish what you started. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere. Not like here. Here everything is soft. And smooth. I was originally going to do the um, the whole uh, opening to be all the different no's from Darth Vader, but to edit that was a little tough, so I just put it in right at the end of the first little bit there. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was hard. It didn't sound good. I thought Phil would get a kick out of that, but sorry. Sorry, boys. Uh, so this is episode 67 of the Mezzanine Sleepover. And hey, hey, hey. You've been waiting for this one, I'm sure, all you Star Wars lovers out there who... Can't get enough of our great reviews because we're doing another one. Yes, we are. And uh, you know what that means. First of all, I am at Slip with Five Eyes or Slip. I'm at Megamix.com, all one word. Anyone else out there? Hello, everyone. My name is Phil. You can find me on Twitter at Philip A. Iver, P-H-I-L-I-P-A-I-V-E-R. Yes. <laughs> nice. Spells and it out. He does. And you know what, Phil? Now he doesn't come over to my place anymore. Nope. No, he's slowly he's slowly carving me out of his life, right, Phil? It's it's completely true. Uh huh. <laughs> so what what the hell have you been up to, Phil? We haven't uh, we haven't talked in a while. What what's what's been going on with you? Oh, what's it? Just a lovely mixture of uh, school and work and lots of uh, and uh, and prepping for this interview, of course. Oh yeah, for, well, yes. For yes, of course. I'm sure you've done a lot of a lot of extensive work, as we do with all our research, <laughs> all the time here on the mezzanine. I think sleepover. I may have watched this like two months ago. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I well prepared. I watched. I've seen it enough. To, I'll be. I'll be. I'll be right in there, fellas. All right. <laughs> I watched it. Uh, I was when I flew back from Winnipeg. I watched the first half an hour, and then I watched. Uh, I watched it again and took notes uh, about uh, two weeks ago. Nice. So uh, full disclosure, full disclosure for all the people. We are actually recording this eleven days ago. Oh yes, it's only the tenth. So, <laughs> so uh, just so that you don't feel tricked. Yes, we don't want you to feel duped. And by the way, when I say we watched this, <laughs> I guess we should mention we are reviewing. <laughs> 
Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Yes, in case you didn't notice from the picture or the title of the podcast episode, this <laughs> is what we are talking about. Uh, so, of course, as you all know, as loyal listeners to The Sleepover, we have reviewed yep. every one of the first six Star Wars episodes and the holiday special. Yes. And now that we are... This is coming out on the 21st, which means that when you listen to this, we won't even be a month away from uh, Rogue One. Rogue One! So, our, so yeah, I was thinking about uh, weird. It was nice you mentioned the the previous ones, and I, I've been thinking about. Um, for us, we started with um, Attack of the Clones, and just tore it fucking apart. <laughs> uh, we then moved to uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith and tore it apart. We went then back went back to Phantom Menace and tore it apart. Uh, we went to New Hope. Uh, gave it a, a fair review, I'd say. We uh, we jizzed all over Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> and then uh, and then we surprisingly kind of tore apart Return of the Jedi. <laughs> well, it was worth tearing apart. Yes, absolutely. And then, of course, we just made fun of the holiday special. So that's where we're at, and uh, we are we're coming up again. Like you said, uh, Rogue One is 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 almost ready to be in theaters, and. Uh, Look forward to. Uh, I, I think that we may have one of our first um, non, uh, um, like uh, on DVD or how or streaming uh, reviews. We might. I like, think we're gonna have to review it right after. <laughs> Star Wars spoiler alerts because we're yes. just gonna we're just gonna give the whole movie away. Screw yep. it. Yep. Uh, Why not? <laughs> Phil, are you uh, are you excited for Rogue One? I'm incredibly excited for Rogue One. I have to admit. All right. Yeah. By the, by the way, you're you're coming in really garbly gooked, just so you know. Oh no! I don't know where you are. I'm at home. We should. Uh, we mm. can. We can do this as we uh, as we record live. Do you want to? Do you want to try to reconnect? Okay. I'll give Sounds you a call. Good. I'll give you a call back. It sounded good there. Oh wait, wait! You might be back, Phil. Hi, Phil. Hello. Well, you we sound can, better now. Yeah, we can try. I don't know what I don't know what you're doing. If you're, are you hiding in the washroom? No, I'm I'm sitting in the living room. All right, oh, you're a little better there. Uh, so you're looking forward to Rogue One, and uh, now just before we're going to go into this, and and it, I, I think that I think it'll be interesting to see some of the commentary about this Force Awakens movie as we go through it. Um, yeah. But just in general, in watching it, uh, I know that you, Mega Mix, thought this was awesome. Yes, if I, I do recall, I went I went and saw it on the. Uh, the day before it opened, because they, they put it out in theaters here as it went into theaters the next day on the other parts of the world. And so I went and it was, it was, it, I remember what I, when I told you, I think what I said most was so many creatures. <laughs> uh, so I was very excited. I thought that it was, uh, it was pretty awesome too. Phil, I yep. think you liked it, but you weren't as, uh, you weren't as overly, um, you know, overflowing with, uh, joy about it as we were, were you? Um, I'd say I loved it after the first time I saw it. I saw it a couple more times in pretty quick succession uh, and started seeing some of the, in my opinion, moderate hogs. Left it for a little while. Now that I've come back to it again before recording this episode, yeah, the positives weigh, outweigh the negatives by quite a lot. I, I'd say I appreciate it more now than I did a month after it came out. So I have a lot of positives too, but I will say that as I reviewed this, a lot of questions came up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, 
And it's mostly, you know, I I accept that it's a movie. You suspend your disbelief, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, when you stick it into reality, there's some uh, there's some funny things that, that go on. And, of course, one of the, the most glaring things that everybody has noted about this movie is it's really, in a lot of ways, a 2015 remake of uh, New Hope, right? Yes. Like, I was... I was yeah, a- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that point. Like very much, and, so. and of course we'll we'll be talking about it in depth. So it, yes, but not to a hundred percent degree. Like it's close. No, I agree. Yeah, no, I I don't think I think it I think it follows a pattern. Um, I think that was by design. Yes, I don't think this was like a we don't have any better ideas. It was definitely by design, and um, you know I, I was going to save this more for the end, but I think that this movie is a basically a. Um, here, here's what you've deserved. <laughs> you've deserved something because you've you've stuck through this series through three terrible movies, and um, you know it, it's time to, to give a little bit back. So we'll uh, we'll get to that. So well, oh. there's no way of like you need to see this film with the idea of it is the first establishing a cinematic universe. Yes. Like it needed to be good. Not great, good. It just yeah. needed to please people and be a sufficient springboard for the future films. And I think yes. we all agree that it does that. Yes, absolutely. So this- So the big man, as always, takes us through uh-huh. with his extensive notes. And we will uh, add in our commentary and expand upon dis- uh, discussions as we go. Yes, and uh, fill in all the holes that I miss in the plot. Uh, we yes. should note that this was uh, written and directed by J.J. Abrams. Hey-o. There are no smoke monsters, and uh, there not are not a lot of lens flares. Yes, so that that's not good. a few, but not a lot. No, no, but uh, you know there are some very good storyline holes that I kind of will bring up that are pretty classic <laughs> Abrams. Excellent. Okay. All right, so uh, The Force Awakens, of course, released in 2015, Episode 7, takes place... We start what? with no Fox, uh, 20th Century Fox logo. No, we don't, and it's it starts... Uh, what is it? It's uh, 20 years after Jedi? 30 years. 30 years. Uh, 30 years. I will say, the absence of the Fox is totally jarring. I couldn't figure the out first what was time, different the first yeah. time. The first time I saw it, like I, I actually knew... like I had read that it was it was going to be that way. Uh, so you saw Lucasfilm and I was like, okay. And then it just goes boom right into it. And it was like, ah, yep. um, I can't say that I, that I dislike it. I, I think it's pretty good. Uh, you know, it's, it's one less thing to sit through and, uh, not bad. Now the crawl in this one is a pretty damn good because the very first line is Luke Skywalker is missing. So good. It's like an Amber Alert for Luke Skywalker. Where is he? <laughs> He's gone missing. Yep. Uh, yes. So good. Uh, so right away, they they establish. So Luke, Luke is missing, and uh, what's happened? We're, we're, we're going now. I've, I'm still not at the point where I remember all the planets and all that shit. I'm sure it'll happen yeah. at some point. So what's the name of this desert planet? Jakku. Jakku. Yeah. So we we start off at, at the beginning of this movie with uh, an Imperial destroyer flying over the planet of Jakku and kind of blacking it blackening it out on the screen. Awesome. And, Such a damn big ship. And that's the interrogator, am I right? 
know. Or is that some other ship? Uh, Phil would know. Come on. Phil does not know. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. So All much right. more well, for Phil to learn. I'm probably wrong. Well, so these, these smaller ships come pouring out of it, and they're heading to Jakku, and they're filled with stormtroopers, and they do, yep. like, a total ripoff of the Saving Private Ryan, where... The ships are yeah. coming on to uh, to, to uh, Normandy, and you see all the soldiers in the ships all nervously waiting to go to war yeah. and die. So they do the same thing uh, with the Stormtroopers. Yeah, the movie opens, yeah, the movie essentially opens with a shot you kind of thing you've never, ever seen in Star Wars before. Which is kind of like, the Stormtroopers are soldiers, and they're, you know, crammed into this ship, and it's like the tension. And you've never ever seen anything like this in the in the in the previous films so it's very interesting uh, it, it, makes, it makes for a nice kind of counter view to a new hope where you had the the rebel kind of soldiers on the ship prepping for when the stormtroopers burst through the door this time we yeah. got the other side yes so we go down to jakku and there's now I, you know it's I I'm still not a hundred percent like I know that this this character that's with with Poe he's yeah. you know he's from something in the continuity of the story but I'm not sure exactly where he fits in Phil he is uh, I'm not sure what his actual position if he has one would be but he's with something called I believe the Church of the Force just a whole bunch of folks who remember the Jedi and believe in the Force and kind of kept up that tradition I will say right now and you're about to get into it I'm sure but the um, the MacGuffin of this movie <laughs> is one of my issues like the whole map to find Luke Skywalker is just a kind of completely useless device. I actually, yes, I wrote, why is there a map to where where, where he's at? Like, and, who, and Why would anybody have that? And who made it? If he's missing, why is there one map? So, and, and why at the end, even though they've said that it's a, like, a, just a piece, at the end they take this piece and it seems to show exactly what they need it to show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, plugs right into a larger map. Yep, and it's the end point. Apparently, if it, uh, you know what, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, get it. You're, it is, it is a bad plot device. It's flimsy. Like it's just like who made the map? Did Luke yeah. do it? He's like, look, I'm gonna hide, and you can unravel the mystery and find me. By the what way, guys, I to the to you guys and to all the listeners. I mean, I had I have the solution that could have just made it more believable. Is that they had something. That needed to get to Luke. And that's it. And they can't find him. That should have been it. The plot device should have been something. I don't know what it was, but they have something that needs to get to Luke Skywalker. But we can't find him. Well, you better find him. Yes. That's it. Done. But no, we need a map. And a piece of a larger map. Ah, anyway, whatever. I should also so note, chatting. I should also note that... I mean, a lot of people, obviously, the vast majority of people, especially those who are going to see this movie, know everything about Star, Star Wars... Yeah. But you kind of go in right away, and it's like you got to know exactly what Luke's story is and why he would be missing and why he's important. Yeah, it's just like only Star Wars could pull it off, though, because uh, it's in the collective consciousness. Yes, it's not like a Star Trek movie, right, where a smaller portion of people would understand what was going on. Yes, so it's a, it's 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 actually, and you know what, the, the 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 makers of the film were extremely lucky to be able to work in this way. Like what a way to tell a story! I don't need to introduce anybody. When I introduce a character, it's like, "Hey, here he is," and we know all about him. <laughs> it's fantastic. 
so uh, I, I, will, I will just say that this whole map thing, Bobber, I think it's in the novelization, it might be fleshed out a little bit better, where it's not a quote-unquote map, it's basically a guesstimate, where they've kind of figured out, okay, which systems would he have traveled if he went in this direction, where they're, they're basically just plotting out a possibility more than, here's a map! More, <laughs> it's more like, okay, he went to this gas station and this... You know, sightings and rumors, and kind of putting that together into some sort of package. But then, like, not to not to beat the point to death, but then why is there a piece missing? (laughs) I have no idea because you need the damn movie. Yeah, (laughs) I love also how it's in a little burlap bag. <laughs> this drawstring, <laughs> like a USB key. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like he dumped his marbles out of the bag and put the USB in it. It's an old Crown Royal bag. <laughs> why, why is it a map? Because the plans, the Star Killer base, would have been a little bit too on the nose. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yes. Uh, so Poe Dameron is a pilot with the Rebels, and he's awesome. Now they're the Resistance. Or the Resistance? What did uh, I say? At this point. You said the rebels. Yeah, he's but the resistance. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Yeah, essentially. they're the resistance. That's right. So he's the one that gets the piece of the map, and he's hanging out with the latest great toy in the Star Wars uh, universe, BB-8. And BB-8 is best. So BB-8's just like a ball with a ball head, right? Or not a ball head, but like kind of a flat head. But he's he rolls around like a ball. He's a ball with a with a, with, a, with a half ball head. Yes. And he rolls around, and he's got the perfect design so that he can make uh, he can make like motions like a dog. Yep, I'll tilt his head. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so, a brilliant, it's a it's 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 some brilliant uh, character design. Yeah, the droid. Uh, well done by uh, by Disney on this one because that they hit a home run with BB-8. So the first the first order is the new version of the. Uh, the Empire. Galactic Empire, yeah. So they've risen out of the ashes of the Galactic Empire. So the First Order uh, stormtroopers arrive on Jakku and immediately pour out of their ships and start shooting up this village. And Poe po and BB-8 bolt. They're going to run to his ship to get the hell out of there, right? Yeah. And uh, before he can get away, the ship gets shot initially and he can't fly. So yeah. he sends BB-8 away. He's like... <laughs> He's like Macho Man with Elizabeth. He's like, take this and go. This and go. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives he gives BB-8 the piece of the map and tells him to to run away and that he'll come back. And he goes yeah. back to to uh, battle with the stormtroopers or against the stormtroopers. Yes. And it, during uh, the battle, you get a scene where one of the stormtroopers gets shot, and another stormtrooper goes over to him to see how he's doing, and the the wounded stormtrooper puts his hand on the other guy's like helmet and you get the blood yep. streaks which yeah, is so you can identify the guy later on yeah which is great because the stormtrooper to watch because a stormtroopers have never bled in fact i this might be the first time other than a mon- with a monster where you see blood yep like when luke gets his hand cut off it's just gone there's nothing no well, bleeding ca- well because it's cauterized by exactly yeah yeah um but <laughs> But in Look this, at us. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, there's there's uh, there's blood there, and yes, putting it on the other stormtrooper's face, you you know, this is the one we need to pay attention to. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's great. And of course, the blood streaks are just absolutely perfect. B, where is he bleeding from? C, I, it's good to see that stormtrooper armor has not improved one bit. 
Oh no! I mean, it's like it, it's like. So did he like shove his hand up under his little like stomach plate and like pull it out and then I'm, like why did you pull it out? I can't figure out where he shot where he's bleeding like that. It looks like he just dumped his hand into like into a bowl of blood so he could. <laughs> awesome. I also like I like your point where it's like. We've now learned how to upgrade the fucking Death Star and all of our ships, but the Stormtrooper packs are still the same. Except, yep. actually, there's one coming up that's that that has made a massive improvement, which I'll get to very shortly. Yes. Uh, so, yes. so uh, Kylo Ren arrives uh, on yeah, two, his big ass two. badass ship. Yes. Now, and Kylo Ren would be at this point. You just assume that he's this movie's Darth Vader. He is the masked. Uh, you know, black robed villain, right? Masked bad guy, yes. And so, and he's immediately fucking badass right out of the gate. Yeah, there's there's no so good. There's a little bit of shit talking, and then he uh, just uh, murders. What's his name? What's the dude's name? Guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just cuts him up. Just cut. He's like, he just cuts him up when he can't get the map from him, and so yeah, gives him a big slice. Yeah. So at that point, Poe. Uh, in anger, shoots at Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren stops the fucking laser in midair with the Force. So good. No, you immediately know how much of a badass Kylo Ren is. It's that's got that's one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars. Yeah. So you when so, he freezes when he freezes the laser bolt. Awesome. It's really awesome. And then they walk Poe by it. And so he, good. Yeah, and and it's really good. Um, it is kind of funny how. Uh, He's now, you know, we've established that, you know, he can sense when he's being shot at and stop lasers coming at him. That's a little interesting later on in the movie. Yes. <laughs> it's fine. I'm ready for that one. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, so Phil, Phil's always got an answer. So I, I, you know what? As much as the world has turned on its fucking head, Phil still has answers to Star Wars questions. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad. I'm glad that that remains consistent. <laughs> So we we learn a lot of things about uh, Kylo Ren over the course of the movie. One of the first things is that he's very arrogant with regard to his power. And so when he meets up with Poe and realizes that Poe doesn't have the map, but that he's seen the map. Yeah. He knows at that point that, he, or he hasn't seen the map, but he knows, sorry, that comes later. But he the guy knows where the map is. So he's like, okay, take him on the ship because he knows he can extract that information with the force. Yes. Right. Uh, so they. Take- uh, the, the good. The good part of that scene, though, is where they. 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 He. He gets dropped out in front of Kylo Ren, and they stare at each other, and then it's all a little bit of comedy. Yeah. yeah. Asking who 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 talks first. A little sprinkling of comedy inside of a tense scene is. It, it was actually really well done. Well, and we're established. Oh, go ahead. Well, right there, you know that. Okay, you know what. This film's doing a really good job of casting because Oscar, Oscar Isaac is just fantastic in that kind of pseudo and solo role. Oh, yeah, yeah. The casting in this movie is one of its biggest strengths. Uh, very much because so. you you take uh, you, what you do is and I uh, you know I'm going to talk about it now. It's like okay, so so they have they have all the they have all the veteran characters you know and you got you got you got Harrison Ford and you got uh, well Mark Hamill's barely in it and and uh, and Carrie Fisher and you got the, the the original cast and then they bring in actual fucking actors who can get the job done i mean you know from Oscar Isaacs to to uh, John Boyega and Daisy Ridley and and uh, and Adam Driver all fucking all you had to do was basically read your lines decently 
to eclipse the the, the last go around. So <laughs> this really it really helped this film to have you know plausible acting. So at this point, when uh, so where are we now? So now uh, we're we're taking uh, Poe upon you know back to the uh, the ship as a prisoner, and now yes. we get one of my favorite parts where fucking sexy Captain Phasma shows up. All right, all in her sexy glistening fucking stormtrooper packs. Yep. <laughs> just like totally a Star Wars geek's wet dream, and uh, she's like, "Now what?" and and fucking. Uh, Kylo Ren's like, kill them all. Yep. And that's what they do. They just yep. kill all the villagers. And they have fucking flamethrowing uh, uh, stormtroopers as well. It's great. It is great. And, of course, the, the what this serves to show is that there's one stormtrooper who just can't do it. He's so hesitant. And, of course, it's our guy with the blood on his helmet. <laughs> Coincidence. And, of course, uh, Kylo Ren does pause and notices this. Yes. Yep. Bingo. Yes. So it's it's a nice little touch there. And and then just to put just the icing on top, after Kylo Ren kind of, uh, kind of leaves the scene, the laser bolt finally unfreezes. That's yeah, right. it's great. You know, just that one little bit of kind of storytelling, just to just to wrap up the scene nicely. So good job. They also blow up uh, Poe Dameron's ship to smithereens, and you see BB-8 in the distance, realizing you know making a sad dog motion that uh oh. <laughs> He's yes. very sad. And yes, he all, and is. All alone and he, on and he trundles along. Yeah. Yep. Well, actually, sorry, we call him a he, but they've established that it's a genderless robot. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. We'll call him a he, I guess. But, anyways, uh, so they go back to this new Imperial destroyer, or whatever it's called. Apparently, the it's a lot finalizer. bigger. <laughs> the finalizer. Yep. The finalizer. There it is. I mean, again. I get that it's bigger and badder, but you, that's, that's you know, your design plans are basically what we did 30 years ago, but bigger. You know, that's not inconsistent, though, with the, with the, with the uh, movement of technology over the last 30 years in, in real life. I guess not. I guess not. It's not. Yeah. Man, it's, the- it's it, like, you know, not, I'm not talking, I'm talking more vehic- vehicular technology. Yes. So we well, got... Oh. And if we go a little bit extended universe, uh, wait, indulge me for a second. Yes. Uh, this this class of star destroyer is actually it actually goes against, I believe, some of the accords the First Order and the Resistance have. Like building this large class of star destroyer was a was basically a violation uh, of restrictions uh, of war uh, war inventory restrictions. Like this was a statement uh, kind of class by the First Order saying, you know what? Screw you guys. We're gonna build. This really big warship. Okay, yeah, because because uh, for those who I mean, if you follow this, there's like three factions, right? There's the Republic, and then there's the First Order, and there's the Resistance. Yes, am I am I I'm correct that, in that? Right? Which is yeah. a confusion we will get into later. Also, yeah. the opening title crawl in its description is is very simplistic compared to what's actually going on. Yeah. So, all right. All right, so I had to spit my gum out. So, good job. To open my door. Ding uh, ding ding. So, uh, Finn. Oh, and now I'm feeding back on your thing. Oh no, we're okay. So they go back to the this Imperial destroyer, and this stormtrooper, who we'll just start referring to him as Finn because that's who he is. Yes. Uh, takes his mask off, and he's obviously very traumatized by what he's seen. But immediately yes. he is caught by sexy Captain Phasma. <laughs> Who is like, 
who has who has yeah. let you take your helmet off? You know, and and so now he has to report in for shit. I guess. I guess he gets in trouble for taking so off what, the mask. What happens is the reason why she says, um, like, submit your blaster for inspection is. Oh, yeah. Is some of his fellow stormtroopers, I believe, thought that his blaster was malfunctioning, and that's why he didn't fire. Or Ren saw him. That it, looked right at him. So. The, 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 the story, the story, I believe in in the novelization, is that they thought his blaster had misfired, okay. so that's why they're going to check it out. All right. That's the official line. Okay, yeah. good. So now we uh, we cut back down to Jakku, and immediately we get the first shot of Ray, who is in a scavenger outfit with a helmet on, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, because she is uh, she is basically picking out parts from, um, and uh, this was an Imperial uh, ship too, right? That it crashed into the planet. One of the big Corellian ships. Eh? Yeah, yeah. So she's picking through for parts. And uh, kind of repelling through the ship because it's a di- you know a big ass ship, and when she gets out of the ship and takes her helmet off, it establishes that it's a f- you know she's female and it's it's Ray. Yes. And she gets to fucking go on a little sleigh ride down the uh, down the, the sand. <laughs> so that's awesome too. So good. What I- and it's you know to show the s- the scale right. Yes. Now, one thing that I really appreciate about what happens in this scene, and then there's a scene later on on Jakku, is they actually establish that this is a hot planet and people need water. Yeah. So she takes when she takes a drink out of the canister and like gets every last drop out of it. I think, well, that makes sense. She's on a fucking desert. We never. They have- must not have a lot of. They mu- they must not have as much uh, success with their moisture farming. Yes, that's right. So. She takes her little, you know, her little speeder or whatever into, I don't know. I mean, the I was fungical. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. That's I, really good. Yeah. I was going to say into town. I don't know. It's like whatever the, you know, wherever the outpost, there's. Yeah, the outpost. And then, and Phil, you can explain this to me. So then she's scrubbing the shit that she's picked up with other people. And she looks at an old woman. And I think that her, the thought in her head is like, this woman's been here forever. Like, what's her story? But then, yeah. as, as she's kind of distracted, she gets shit from somebody, and I and I just wrote here, is Ray a slave? Is she an employee for somebody? Is she a contractor? Like, what's what's her deal? Yeah, I I'd like to know, so Phil. I think, this one I'm not entirely sure, I don't think she's a slave, I think it's kind of like a contractor-employee relation where she's obligated to bring in a certain amount of salvage um, every day or week or something. And looking at that old lady, it's kind of like, well... If I stick around here, Jakku, that's going to be me. But I need to stay for whoever it is I'm waiting for. Yes. Yes. So she ends up turning in these parts <laughs> at basically like <laughs> the Jakku pawn shop, and yeah, with with uh, Simon Pegg playing a yep. creature. Yes, and so the, this creature pays her in what they call portions, and I just wrote so, I, so food. Yeah, I just wrote what's a portion worth? Because <laughs> she's like <laughs> one. Quarter portion. Well, well that would be one portion would be one meal, right? Or something. What's that, Phil? A portion of a meal. Yeah, I, I, I guess it kind of roughly translates to to food because doesn't it end up being the futuristic bread? <laughs> That's yeah. right. The quarter portion is is ends up being the bread that rises in front of your eyes. Yes. So she takes her portion. She goes and she she's living in uh, one of those walkers, right? 
Those yeah, are like a toppled over ATAT. Yeah, she said, or at at whatever people call it. Yeah, so she's living in in the ATAT, and so there's a few things in here. So she makes the food with with the power that turns into magic bread, and she's also um, chalking off days on the on the wall. Yeah. By the way, like in she's a, in prison. Yeah, in a very poor way. By the way, like how the fuck can you count all those? Because she's not putting the slashes across when she gets to fire. <laughs> no, and you'd think at some point it'd be like she'd do a line and it'd be like equals. Yeah. So that you could easily add. Right. But all we know don't is that creepy, uh, don't forget her creepy rebel voodoo doll. Yes. And I would like to note that what I don't like about these things is I, it's a trope that I don't particularly enjoy the crossing off the numbers on the wall. It looks kind of, um, it looks impressive, but it's fucking chalk. You could literally, like, erase a number and put a new one the next day. Yeah. So you could have, like, 10,005 and then just, with your hand, erase the five and put six the next day. (laughs) Instead of putting fucking lines all over your wall. But anyway. Uh, So what I do like, though, is that then she sits outside and uh, is eating her meal. And when she's done, she just puts on a fighter's helmet and is just kind of, like, chilling out. Yeah. Which I love. kind of, um, I mean, you're living alone. Or, like, just alone, alone for many years. Uh, you probably get some eccentricities. Yes. Uh, so then as she's kind of sitting there, she hears a commotion, and so she runs to see what it is. And it is BB-8, who has been uh, captured by <laughs> Tito, which is awesome because it sounds like Tito. Yes. She's like, that's just Tito. I'm like, that's the best name ever. But it's actually Tito. And Tito is a creature yes. riding another creature. Yeah, so Tito has caught BB 8 in a net, and uh, Ray rescues BB 8. Riding you in, riding what seems to be the slowest moving creature ever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, with a big metal face mask. <laughs> like, we have a book that explains why it wears that. I, I can't remember why. Uh, so. She, uh, once she rescues BB-8, she's like, okay, you know, I rescued you, take off. And, of course, BB-8, like a dog, is like, I want to stay with you. And, of course, uh, it being Star Wars world, she can speak this droid's language. <laughs> yes. Well, and this is one of the, this is a lovely moment. It, kind of, it breaks the fourth wall, but, yeah, so BB-8 says, she asks, where, where, where do you come from? And he apparently says classified, and she, she, her response is, oh, really, classified, me too, big secret. And it's just like, ha-ha, okay, we get it, Abrams, wink, wink, Ray, where, where does she come from? Oh, it's a big secret. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, back now we go back to the uh, the ship, the First Order ship, and you can see that they have tortured Poe, but they've got nothing out of him. So Kylo, he's in one of those fancy torture chairs. Yeah, and he's and they've got some more blood there, so they know that they've worked yep. him over. So Kylo Ren yep. uses the Force and gets the info out of him uh, that you know the droid has the plans. To which I then wrote, couldn't he have just done that first? Yeah, <laughs> you know. They like to torture, I guess. But then when he finds out, he goes and he reports that he's found this out to General Weasley. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, what I really mean is General Hux, played by one of the Weasley twins from Harry Potter. Awesome. And uh, General Hux, who, by the way, like, I guess, you know, A, he's a British actor, which is great, and B, uh, 
you know, per- portrays the most like angry person. Like he's, you know, he's basically there to be Hitler, right? He's so totally Hitler. Yep. Uh, yeah, the guy you want to see die. Yeah. So now uh, Poe is kind of left on his own, and Finn, uh, uh, still right at this point, is a stormtrooper, comes in and is like, I need to take him to another cell. So he takes Poe with him, and they get in the elevator, and at that point he takes his helmet off, and he's like, I'm rescuing you. And the buddy comedy begins. Yes. Yeah. And he'll wait, he does it, and again, it's kind of just like a new hope, where, okay, so someone's going to take off their helmet and say, and say, you know, I'm here to rescue you. Yep. Yet another callback. I will say, so everyone likes to talk about how episode three is dark and brooding and all that. The Force Awakens, you don't really come away from the film as a whole, thinking that it's a dark film. But let's think about what's happened already in the first 15 minutes. You had mm-hmm. a beachhead invasion, a slaughter of a village, not, not involving Anakin Skywalker, surprisingly enough. Yes, and, and a torture chamber. Yeah! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Like at least you know that these people aren't fucking around as much as the uh, as the uh, what you call them the fucking I can't even remember the dark side no the the empire the empire yeah the empire I should just write that oh, down yeah, it's empire. really great yeah well they yeah no they they they're not they're not uh, you're right they're not fucking around yeah now one one other thing that's really good is that uh, they do establish when Finn and Poe are together. Finn is saying, and he's not named Finn at this point, but he's saying, I'm here to rescue you, and then Poe realizes, he's like, you need a pilot to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is good, right? So they're both, yeah. you know, they're both interested in, and at this point can help each other. Um, yeah. And at, I also wrote, and I, I don't know what was actually happening when this happened, but I just wrote, so Finn is all full of personality and pep, like, right away. So I asked yeah. the question, like, do stormtroopers like shoot the shit with each other during their downtime? And are they some have of to. and are some of them like funny and charming? <laughs> that has to be because it hasn't been stamped out of them. Yeah, exactly. They are humans. Uh, so they end up uh, commandeering a Tie Fighter, a fucking yes. saucy looking like red Tie Fighter. It's it's awesome. Yeah, and they establish it's, it's tethered, so they get stuck at first, and so in, there's a battle going on inside the, the larger ship. And, and they're uh, like, yeah, all sorts of explosions. And what you realize at this point is that these ships are kind of like cars, where if you know how to drive one, you can pretty much hop in all of them if you're a good pilot. Yep. And uh, also, you know, he explains very quickly, like, here's how you shoot. And so Finn is shooting, and uh, and uh, Poe is driving the thing, and they eventually break the tether and try to escape. Yep. And they almost make their escape. But it's a very exciting chase yes like yes. like a scene right it's quite exciting very well done i just really enjoy how um not bothered finn is about just murdering everyone to escape <laughs> just <laughs> I know, right? on the guy shooting on the tie fighters and on the inside hangar bay it's like he probably killed like 20 to 30 stormtroopers yeah and he's just like fine whatever um, yeah. So now, as they're as they're they they make kind of the first phase of their escape, and in the very little downtime that they have, that's when he's named Finn because he's got what FN two eight whatever, and Poe is yeah. like Poe is like your name is going to be Finn, <laughs> essentially. And Finn is like I like that name, and that's that's it. <laughs> 
That's 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 literally their conversation. <laughs> I like it. That, that's it. He's just Finn. Yeah. So they end up. Uh, he never stumbles over it either. No. No Whole movie. No. It's like it's like nothing. No, he's just like I'm Finn now. <laughs> Uh, so the uh, their TIE fighter eventually gets shot down and they crash back into Jakku. And before they crash, they actually establish Poe is like, I need to go back to Jakku to get my droid. And Finn is like, fuck that shit. Like, we got to get the hell out of here. Yes. But they end up getting shot down and crash into uh, Jakku. Yes. Uh, so then uh, Finn, they, the next scene, they have Finn kind of... And this is where they, the kind of the first thing they showed in the trailers, right? Where they've got this desert, and then his head just pops up. Yeah, and he's got the stormtrooper outfit on. Yeah, so he's regained and, consciousness. Oh, it was like, yeah. Yeah, he's regained consciousness from the crash, and now he's on Jakku, and he's got kind of a disaster scene around him, and is just reorientating himself with what's going on. Yeah. And he tries to find Poe. But Poe has just disappeared, and his only his jacket is behind. That's right. Unfortunately, Poe is dead. He goes down with the TIE fighter. <laughs> I wrote here, yep. and uh, fortunately, they actually established this with dialogue later, which I didn't know, but I just wrote, did he just fuck off? Like, did he? Because, <laughs> yeah. spoiler well, he alert. Ejected, right? Yeah, because, spoiler yeah. alert, he's still alive, and uh, he'll show up later. Yes. But at this point, he's just gone, and Finn is just on his own on the desert planet. Yeah. Uh so, so so Finn then peels off the, all the layers. We did a cool scene where he's walking and just dropping pieces of his of his of his costume everywhere. Yes, and he and then he kind of goes to the you know to the uh, to the ridge and sees the the outpost, and uh, that's where we kind of that's where he kind of is making his way over there. Yes, and the first thing he does when he gets the outpost is he goes for the water, which is great. Yep, and again another creature. Yes. Now, meanwhile. Uh, Ray is trying to sell more parts and and she's offered 60 portions for BB-8. Yes. And she turns it down and then uh, again the the guy, what's the guy's name? The guy that runs the fucking outpo or the pawn shop. Well, it's <laughs> Sean of the Dead. So there you go. What's his name, Phil? Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Well, that, that's the owl. <laughs> yeah, all right, whatever. So the, he, dude's, the, the creature's name, I have no idea. Yeah. Is it like a, a clunk or something? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, something like that. So he orders um, a couple of his lackeys to go and steal the droid. And when they try yeah. it, uh, Ray kicks the shit out of them. And that's where... With, with her staff. With her staff. And that's where Finn notices Ray. And he sees the droid. And he knows that the droid is important because Poe has told him about it. But then the droid yeah. sees Finn, and Finn is wearing Poe's jacket. It's so great. So the droid is like... It's so simplistic, right? Like, it's an easy story. Yeah, and so the droid it's is like... just like he's wearing his jacket. Yeah, yeah he, he's, he stole my master's jacket. He's a thief. Yeah. And so now Ray fucking uh, gets pissed and chases him. Yeah. And ends up fucking knocking him on his ass. Yeah. Uh, and so they we have a little extrapolation... Uh, before, uh, like they get right into it, because uh, the the first order knows that the pl- that the that the, I was just the plane that the Tie Fighter crashed on Jakku, so they've sent their Tie Fighters down. Yes. So and so now they they arrive on the scene, and of course Finn has already lied. At this, he lies that he's part of the resistance. Yes, they do have a conversation, and he establishes, you know, I think Poe's dead, and this is his jacket, and I help him escape, which is the truth. 
And uh, yep. but then says yes, I, he's with the resistance. And again, it's it's kind of comedy. Yeah, you have a little bit of a a lie. Yeah, it's like a good sitcom, right? It's like three. We're watching Three's Company. Wait, you can have comedy without a Jar Jar Binks character? <laughs> well, I know. Isn't isn't that nuts? <laughs> like, there's. I, I can't believe that at some point Finn didn't fart, or like, or like Ray all stepped in in fucking shit. <laughs> Like yes, how, right. how do you get people to, to chuckle without those devices? That's right. She's wandering the little village outpost thing. She steps in a bunch of poop and just goes, oh, icky, icky poop. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. You know, and this shows just how how uh, how non-George Lucas they are. Oh, yeah. Uh, so once they've kind of established that, uh, you know, what the score is here, immediately... And they are friends now, by the way. And that's what well, kind of, right? They're kind of forced yeah. into it because... Just like that, the Imperial or the Imperial fuck, the First Order forces uh, show up and are now trying to blow up the shit out of this outpost. Yeah. So Ray and Finn go running, and they eventually are trying to escape on a ship with BB-8. Well, the best part about the um, about the the scene is that he keeps trying to hold her hand. Yes, and she keeps telling him she doesn't need him to hold his hand, and it, it's just a uh, you know like it's it's a very 2015 scene. So good good for them. Yes, uh, so they eventually uh, choose a ship, and then you get the cute moment where you actually see when the camera is kind of cutting over the Falcon is in the shot, but it it goes across the screen so quickly that the first time you may not notice it. Yeah, I didn't. Even yeah. though you saw the trailers with that planet and the Falcon flying. But yeah. hey. Yes. So then he says, they say, let's get this ship. And he says, what about that one? And she says, that ship's garbage. And then the TIE fighters blow up the ship they intended to take. And so she says, the garbage will do. And, you know, it gets the big tan, I believe. Yes. And it's fucking Falcon in the big, big cheap pop. And, right? that's, and that's the part where the uh, movie theater applauds for the second time first time is at the crawl yes, yes. the second time is yeah. at the falcon uh yeah. so they get into the they get into the millennium falcon and it's cool because it it's, it's as junky as it's ever been and it looks it, you know they they make it look like it they, looks like the fucking falcon and the gunner, uh, the, gunner, the gunner position just seems so incredibly dated <laughs> Well, yeah. the, I think that's the and point, they, too, right? Yeah, just great. That's the point, right? Oh, no, absolutely. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I didn't write a whole bunch, so I'll let you guys talk if you want to. I just wrote after this, uh, there's a chase scene. It's awesome. So Ray is an incredibly good pilot. Yes. Um, some, uh, and here's the part where, the point where you, you start to, the people who hate hate the movie because there's a, a strong female lead. Um, you know, start to hate that she can do anything. And it's like, well, throughout the Star Wars universe, there's plenty of male characters who can do everything. So I don't know why it's such a stretch that someone with, with, with a, uh, you know, like a sensitivity to the force would be able to pick up on things very quickly. Cause she can fly the shit out of this thing. It's, it's actually quite good. If I'm not mistaken, like, like her ability to fly this is based off of two things. One, it's, yeah, she has that force ability, that kind of force intuition to, to just know what to do kind of. A yeah, things kind of slow down for them, right? So you can. Yeah. Do she, she's, she, 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 it, it's similar to what Anakin had. Uh, very, yeah. very, and two, I believe in her at at there is actually some sort of like flight simula- simulator device. Yeah, why not? 
that she's been running. And three, she has piloted ships. She's never left the atmosphere, but she has piloted ships in her lifetime. Yeah. yeah so fuck you to all the people who don't like him. Yeah. And uh, this was awesome, by and- the way. This chase was fucking great. Yeah, and so it's it's a lengthy scene. They're being chased by two TIE fighters, but it, it really calls back to the original Star Wars, especially when they fly through the the fallen, uh, you know, destroyer ship, and they're fucking weaving through all the all the gears, basically. like All the girders and pipes. Yeah. I Very mean, reminiscent you, of Jedi. You had it a little bit during the, the TIE fighter escape, and you get it more here where the cinematography and the sound effects, like, the Falcon feels heavy. It, you, yeah. you really feel the ship moving and flying through uh, during this chase scene, kind of as you did during the TIE fighter escape. Like, it's... The film as a whole is just brilliantly shot. Yeah, and this was... Oh, a- yeah, and, and the, the effects are miles above uh, the, the three previous films that they put out. Um, oh. And it's a combination, right? They used a combination of live action and CG so they and miniatures, right? So they were able to, to kind of get the... the you know, th- this film is, is being done the way that the other ones should have been done. Uh, so they that, that that the prequels should have been done. So yeah, so the, and you you're right about Phil about feeling it. You can also feel you can feel that that the Millennium Falcon is clearly outmatched when it comes to speed and 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 dexterity. And so they have to be very creative. And there's some great moments and some law defy law defying moments as well. Uh, the only <laughs> physics are broken here. Yeah, yeah. The only regret I have is that this, the Falcon didn't lose its dish again. Destroyer, <laughs> <laughs> fucking dish. Uh, so they end up uh, they end up blowing up the two Tie Fighters and escaping off the planet. And uh, yep. the one thing that I found interesting here is they don't really acknowledge the fact that wouldn't the Millennium Falcon then have to pass what you would presume to be another blockade? to get away now does that does that count like if you think about it like maybe they flew off a different side of the planet maybe i don't know i just find that a little like because that's never really ever been explored in star wars no so now that, that you know you could fly this way if you were like you know like if you were if there was i don't even know i i, I couldn't even begin to, to to describe it but it almost feels like they went a different you know, they went around the back. They all went out the yeah. back door. <laughs> like the, the finalizer might be on station on the other side and they just kind of lucked out or, yeah. All right. Yeah. So now we get one of my favorite uh, moments of character development in the movie. Because yes. back on the finalizer, uh, yep. the report has to get back to Kylo Ren that the droid and the girl and Finn, the old, and he knows who it is, like the old yes, uh, stormtrooper, have, have made an escape and that Finn helped them out. And when yep. he hears this, I'll let you talk about it, uh, Mega Mix, because I know this is your favorite too. Well, okay, and and I I'm a I'm a huge I'm I'm all such a Kylo Ren mark. <laughs> I love Kylo Ren, so of course he hears this and I'll throw such a massive tantrum. Well, <laughs> first he chokes the guy, right? Uh, like he no, pulls, pulls no, he's he right. Phil, help me out. That comes near the end after uh, he adds that there was also a girl. Oh, okay, so he so he destroys like a bunch of computers with well, his <laughs> with his ridiculous lightsaber. Yes, and it's great because you're starting to see that Kylo Ren isn't quite the the polished master that 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 you would think watching it early on in the movie. 
Yes. And then he does the big, like, does he do a pull choke where he pulls the guy in with he, the choke? Yes. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Because he gets, the guy makes allusions to, oh, he, I think he said he had help. Or no, that's, yeah. or that there was a girl, it was a girl, and then he, when he hears the girl, he pulls him in with the force and gives him the choke, and he's like, what girl? Yes, because he didn't know. No, he didn't know. Because that's the one thing he has no control over. Yes. Is that now there's another, that there's another, there's another factor here. Yes. Uh, so, so there we go. So that, that fit has happened. Uh, meanwhile, we go back to the Falcon and uh, the Falcon, again, another good thing about the Falcon is there's just nonstop mechanical issues. It's like your, it's like your fucking car. <laughs> They're crapped yep. out. Yep. <laughs> just always something that you have to deal with. So, they're constantly yep. trying to fix things, and while this is happening, uh, they get pulled into a freighter. Yes, they do. And Which they think is first order. Yes, they do think it's first order. So they hide, and their plan is that they're going to actually um, ex- uh, unleash poison gas when the ship gets boarded. Yes, so they get into one of the one of the uh, panels inside the, the, the floor of the Falcon. Yes. And they get their gas masks on, and they're preparing, and we get the big, like, the door's open. You hear the the walking, the other door opens. And then, in again, another thing that you already saw in the trailer. <laughs> but they're peeking around the corner. Come on, Solo and, and Chewie, the dog. The dog. And, and this is where you get the uh, next uh, set of applause in the theater. Oh, yeah. They're like There they are. Uh, Chewbacca, who now is, what, uh, at least 50 years old? Yep. Not, you know, no gray on him. Like, my dog, no. Danny, lived to be, like, 50, and he had some gray on him when he was, you know, aged. But yeah, Chewbacca, he, was, he looked rough. Yeah, but Chewbacca, <laughs> ageless. He's, you know, no hair falling off. That fucking mane, fucking glistening. Yeah. <laughs> He's aging way better than his dad did. <laughs> oh, God, no. We are not talking about Mitchie or whatever. <laughs> and actually, actually, you talking about his dad, I actually thought to myself, so is Lumpy a man now? <laughs> so, yeah, what's, what's Lumpy up to? Yeah. <laughs> He's all working at, like, the Wookiee Electronics store, all putting together fucking shit. Is Art Carney still coming by for visits? <laughs> of course, for everybody out there, we're talking about the holiday special and making jokes about it still. Yes, so there you go. You can skip that. Uh, one thing I will say bef- just before uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca uh, re-enter the scene or, or aboard the, the Millennium Falcon, I really enjoy Finn going off. Why do you want to go back to Jakku? Wait, boyfriend? Cute boyfriend? Eh, eh, eh? Like, yeah, there's a lot of good uh, dialogue written in here. He's already looking for some fucking, ga- like, some fucking, uh, you know, action. Yeah, no, I, oh, I well, well, he's, this, this ends up being a, a, an unrequited kind of love. I guess so. I mean, I don't, I don't know. really know where they're going with it. It's intriguing. Um, I do like that the lie continues, and he has to try and get BB-8 to cover for him, and then they give each yeah. other a thumbs up, which is pretty awesome. And now... So- also, in in Finn's defense, I mean, I know he's trying to lay some game on her really quick, but he's been around stormtroopers his whole life, and there are you know hundreds of thousands of them, and the only female seems to be sexy Captain Phasma. So <laughs> yeah, unattainable, right? Yes. Yeah, so of course, like as soon as he's he's one on one with a lady, he's like, "Fuck, finally." <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, <clears throat> I, I do like Hansel and Chewie. Of course, they just they just happen to find the Falcon. It just happens to be. Flying by where they are, and in just all hap- of the galaxy, by the way, yeah, and happens 
happens to have a droid with them and like that they're trying to get to the resistance. <laughs> it all works out so perfectly, right? In yeah. this giant galaxy. As it as it often does in the Star Wars series. Yeah. So now But again they're movies and that's kind of the point, yeah. right? So now the next kind of set of things that happen with this these people, I, I thought this next set of stuff was kind of unnecessary. Uh, it was. It's the most unnecessary part of the film. So we find out that Han Solo has pissed off the Irish gang and the Indonesian gang. Yeah, the Kanji Club and the Guavian Death Gang. Yes. he has- it is completely disposable, it is a funny banter between Han Solo, Kanji Club, and uh, yeah, the Guavian Yeah, there's some nice callbacks to Han Solo's character, right? So there's, there's that, but the whole scene... Um, we can go through it. We, we he's got monsters. We we established that he's a ripoff artist and that he's ripped off both of these gangs and that he's smuggling monsters and the monsters end up escaping. And I just wrote monster adventures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this is like this is a scene in the movie that almost seems like it was dropped in there to be a level in the Lego video game. Oh, totally right. Right, like you got the opening and closing doors. And uh, so on and so forth. Uh, again, Ray saves the day, kind of. Doesn't need out credit of nowhere. for it, which was nice. I really appreciated how her character, she doesn't need to take credit for it. Oh yeah, I closed the door. And it's like Finn's freaking out. He's like, it had me, it had me. And then the door, and she's like, wow, that's lucky. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that was a good trick. Yeah. <laughs> what, I mean, this whole sequence is just a way to get. Hand back on the Millennium Falcon and it ditch is. this kind of freighter thing. Yeah, yeah. So they're doing, yeah. So they're doing and have and have CG monsters. Yeah, so and cool. have CG monsters. So they do the monster chase scene, and eventually they escape the monsters and the two gangs. And uh, really, the only thing of note is that Chewie takes a blaster shot to the shoulder. Yes, he does, and they do go into hyperspace out of the ship. Yes, they do, which is pretty rad. And the monster. Has its big suction cuff mouth on the windshield, yes. and they all blast off into hyperspace, and it all tears off, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. So now, after they've escaped, we get our first view of Star Killer Base and Snoke. Yes. Could they have given the guy a worse name? It's probably it's bad. It's like when a wrestler debuts, big man, and you're kind of excited, and then he gets just a bad gimmick or a bad name, or it's like when. When the when the Thrashers moved here and all the the rumblings were about like the polar bears, <laughs> and you're like, no, please, you're like, please, God, just don't let it be something bad. And then it's bad. It's like Snoke. I'll take Snoke over. What was it? Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Whatever the hell Palpatine's first name was. Yeah. Sheev. So. Uh, so what's happening here is that uh, I, I think Snoke is addressing Kylo Ren, right? And we establish here that Snoke is Snoke, of course, is in this scene. He's this giant monster, kind of sitting on a throne. But we realize that, and this is very Star Wars. He's a hologram. Well, it had to be a hologram. It is Star Wars. Yeah. This is the one the one instance where I'm like, I'm glad this is a hologram because we didn't really need a big giant monster. No. You're right. So I'm glad to think when I saw that it was a hologram, I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. This is more interesting like this. Yeah. Uh, now he's very scared of Luke Skywalker and the new Jedi is what he calls them. And yeah. uh, also reveals in this conversation that Han Solo is Kylo Ren's father. 
Yes. So they just put it out there. They're like, he's just your dad, Han Solo. We love it. It's a great way to do it because you know what? The whole series is all about these like uh, big moments. It's nice to have it just be like, you know, we these two guys know it already. So it's not like they had to do it for the benefit of the audience. It was just yeah. like, yeah, your dad. I was like, okay, cool. That's a good way to do it. Well, I, I really appreciate Snoke's kind of plan of look, the universe has now realized the Skywalker bloodline is kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and so Snoke is just desperate to get rid to get that piece off the chessboard. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so now uh, we go back to the Falcon and uh, and now we establish right away that like Ray and Han also have some sort of connection. And, and it's more so through like, you know, they like Han will start a sentence about how to fix something on the Falcon and Ray can finish it. She's clearly knows her shit and how to navigate around this this ship. And of course, yeah. of course, Han is impressed. And and pretty soon after this, all wants to recruit her to fucking swindle people across the galaxy with him. It's pretty cool the way that they do it because it's very subtle. And one you'd th- have to kind of notice some of the cues before we get to the the other planet where they where he actually tells her that he wants her to join his team. Yes. It's 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 nice. It's 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 subtle, but they there's a lot of extrapolation that happens on the Falcon at this point. Now you're gonna. I forget what the exact quote is that you did when you made this. Uh, you made a, a on a road trip mix that we did once, Mega Mix. We you, uh, yeah. you did some sort of Star Wars theme thing, I believe. Um, uh-huh. Or maybe it was something. Anyways, when I say this line, you'll you'll probably remember. I laughed yeah. out loud when Han Solo is get, trying to move through the Falcon and BB 8s in his way, and he says to him, "Move, ball." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's like uh, something else that we once did when I did a um, Phil doesn't know this story. Um, I did a we did a road trip mix once uh, to Minneapolis. No, Chicago. No, it was Minneapolis. And it was uh, my road trip mix was choose your own adventure themed. Yes. And so it was like a squad of superheroes in space. And one of the, they all they did was. um was uh the, I think that at one point they like basically called a uh like another thing like like saying like move ball but it wasn't ball it was something else it was but it was move, pretty good it was move horse wasn't it yeah they meant it they meant a centaur yeah and one and I think it was like uh it was like a wrestler superhero team and the, and my character the sexy boy called the centaur a horse yeah he's like move so, horse shut up horse or something like that so <laughs> anyways there you go yes so when i saw move ball that's what made me laugh uh that but, i enjoyed that part especially too so now, I, actually, I only noticed that the last time i watched it like all three times i saw it in theaters i hadn't i didn't, for some reason i didn't pick up that line of dialogue so it's a really nice moment one thing one thing i need to add um by this point, you've established a really interesting rivalry between Kylo Ren and General Weasley. Yes, <laughs> it's like it's like Snoke is playing both sides of the game, where he has his Force wielder, but he also has the kind of young Tarkin, more traditional military, and he's playing them off one another. That's yeah, right. It's a, it's a cool dynamic that you haven't seen previously. And who's so going to be good. who's going to end up being the head of Slytherin House? We'll find out. Uh, so now they have the conversation on the Falcon where uh, Han Solo makes reference to Luke Skywalker and everybody around kind of stops and they're like, he's real? And Han's like, yeah, he's totally real. And it's like this, this part. This, it's this yeah. deep moment. And I thought it's it's again, just like in the uh, in the original trilogy 
where they're talking about it being this ancient ideology. It's like it was it's only been 30 years. But now it's 50. But no, it's not. But Luke it's Skywalker was a Skywalker. Since the since the, but, the the start of the fall of the Empire. And Luke Skywalker 30 years. He's, yeah. he's a Jedi who led the fucking the the fucking destruction of the Empire. He, he killed- and thirty years is not that long. And so they're like, Whoa. you forget about you know something as significant as that. That's like, that's one of my biggest holes. Where I'm like, first of all, it was in the opening crawl that Luke Skywalker is missing, and I know that the audience knows who he is, but to pretend that the, that the in the universe they don't know who he is or it's not well known. She was wearing a, you know, like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Or that they don't believe that he was real, and it's like, well, you know, Finn should know that he's real, because he's, he fucking knows who Kylo Ren is. And the other thing, too, yeah, the other thing about this is that, like, Rey's is on Jakku, where there was a major battle. A major battle, but, like, she's, she's what, probably about Luke's age, 17, 18, whatever it is. Like, she's a generation that has grown up completely without any sort of Jedi order. Um, and that would hold true okay. across the universe, especially on a planet like Jakku, which is clearly like the runt of the litter. Like this is, okay. the, this is the backwater of backwaters. It seems, it seems like Tatooine has a good rep compared to this place. <laughs> oh, so the way, yeah. So the way that you would kind of uh, say that is it's more like on Jakku, you might not be hip. Yes. Yeah. And actually to the it, fact that it's not a myth. And Finn seems to Finn seems to appreciate the Skywalker name. Like when when um oh geez when Oscar Isaac in the Tie Fighter says the droid is carrying a map to Luke Skywalker, Finn's reaction isn't who. Finn's reaction is oh no, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, exactly. He knows what he's into. So yes, Phil as usual brings levity to the discussion. Yes, he does. And it's really not that. On Coruscant, they don't know who Luke Skywalker is. It's that on Jakku, it, to a young, um, uh, mostly, I'd say, uneducated um, person, uh, you know, there's uh, probably a little bit of doubt there. So there you go. Phil, well done. Uh, So they end up taking the Falcon to uh, Takodana. Takodana. Takodana, a planet to get help from Maz Katana. Maz Kanata. Kanata? Katana? Kanata. Uh, Who knows? And of course, now we get yet another cantina scene. They have to go into a bar where there are, uh, you know, shady characters. Creatures creatures and shady characters and music. Now, the nice thing is, it's not super heavy handed, It's, it's just kind of there. I mean, I guess it establishes that there are just lots of planets with lots of creatures hanging around. <laughs> I, I mean, wish- it's not—it's not out of the realm of possibility that all these planets have like hotspots where smugglers and and shady people hang out and party. Yeah, it just seems like the local watering hole. Although I wish it had a more memorable cantina, a cantina music theme. Yes, yes, like, just- yeah. <laughs> and this There's is a what- lot of people who love the music in this movie, like that love it and think it's amazing. I'm not—I don't have the, the 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 ear to really discern it as much, so. I found it quite unmemorable. I enjoy it a fair bit. Ray's theme is, is one of the strong points for me. It yeah. kind of like the film as a whole. I really liked it to begin with. 
and then kind of got tired of it. Now coming back, I'm like, you know what? Actually, it's aged better than I thought it had. But if there's one place where I wanted them to indulge, it was here. Where you know what? Just give me an over the top cantina band. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I do. I do like the use though of actual costumes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's there are some CG characters, obviously, but they're not all. Yes. And so it's a nice. It's nice to see something that's actually real on the screen. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Lucas would have just put a bunch of fucking uh, CG characters all dancing around like idiots. Can we talk about how full of herself Maz must be? I mean, she's got that statue of herself above the entrance. Yeah, I find that to be a little interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, in, I'm interested in her character, actually. They're, they're, that's an interesting character that I want to know more about. So I like uh, this. They did a good job in kind, of, in, in kind of building up a little bit of a mythology around her. I like in this scene how Finn calls Han Solo Solo. <laughs> so good. Like, what's up, Solo? Finn, Finn is the best. He's because he's kind of like, like he like he's a great character and he's actually very smart, but he plays the imbecile sometimes. Yeah, you know, and he and he's just very informal with everything around him and doesn't quite understand how things work, as we'll see later. Yes. Um, One thing I really like about Finn's character in this scene is he knows that there's going to be First Order spies here. Oh, yeah. The entire time, he's basically like a a canary in the coal mine saying, okay, like we need to be in and out here because word is probably already gone back to the First Order that we're here. And again, it's, it's again nice and subtle. And you can just see it in the way that he's, it's kind of mounting for him as the scene progresses. So it's nice. It's, it's very, again, like most of this movie, it, you know, very well to, to kind of build things up and for a discerning eye to kind of notice things. Whereas if you didn't notice it, it wouldn't really affect it anyway, but it just gives you a little bit of extra. So you're watching him kind of get increasingly nervous. And you're right, Phil, because he knows. Because he's he knows what the First Order is all about and that you don't just get away from them. It's, it's one of the reasons why I'm not crazy about Maz is she's almost dismissive of it. Yep. Uh, so they uh, they very quickly uh, flash back to the scene with Kylo Ren that you heard in the introduction, where Kylo Ren is addressing his grandfather, and he's addressing the burnt up Darth Vader mask. Which, how did he get it? Did he get it on eBay? Like, there's just like, yeah, did, did, yeah was there like, you know, uh, like uh, like Log Race six four one all selling it? Now, one of the only <laughs> one of the only things I could say is that possibly. You know, Luke takes the mask with him once they burn it. Once he burns Darth Vader up, and maybe when Luke is training Kylo Ren as a Jedi, he's like, "Here's your grandfather's mask." But then it's like, why would you? It's like remember him with this. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, clearly, I mean, it makes most sense that he got his hands on it in in a less roundabout way. So that I, would make a bit of sense that he that he got it somehow because Luke had it. I actually don't know the backstory of how he got the helmet, but I like to imagine that Kylo Ren went to the forest moon of Endor and just slaughtered all, all of the little teddy bears and took the helmet. <laughs> took it off one of their stakes that they had, right? That they play drum. They were all playing drums on it at a concert. Oh my god! Anakin Darth Vader's helmet was on one of the stakes. <laughs> that reminds me of I saw some some like shitty like internet cartoon where it was like the dark the luke's hand all floating through space with a lightsaber (laughs) (laughs) but somehow gets to maz we'll get to that so we get so we have that scene where kylo ren's addressing darth vader and realize that he's 
obsessed with Darth Vader. And then yes. uh, we go back to the cantina, and now this is where everybody's having their emotional meltdown. So Finn is melting down because he's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And he actually says, I'm done with this. Like, I got to get, I got to yeah. go. And he's about to ditch the crew and figure out his way off. Meanwhile, yeah. Ray uh, starts to hear voices and it leads her down into the basement. Like, I guess where the washroom is. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like in a curling club. <laughs> yeah. <Calais. laughs> yeah. Where you go downstairs. Yeah. So she goes down. In the locker room. Yeah. So she goes downstairs and then it's fucking Legend of Zelda. Where she finds a little chest and has to open it to reveal. Yeah. Yep. And she The lightsaber. Yeah, so she opens it up and it's a lightsaber. And the lightsaber is the original lightsaber, Anakin's lightsaber that was then given to Luke that was lost at the end of Empire when he loses his hand, the one that's been floating through space. In, in yeah, it, it clutched in in a separate hand. Now again, at this point I just wrote this is all really convenient. Yeah, I know. Everything is convenient. Well, I like how even even the writers know it because later on you have Maz. Uh, Han asks Maz, you know, where'd you get this? And she fully says, "A good question for another time." Oh Jesus! <laughs> yes. That was that was a line for the audience more than for Han Solo. And you know, at this point, at this point, it's almost upsetting that J.J. Abrams isn't doing the next movie because you know he's good with the flashbacks and the flash forwards. You think with J.J. Abrams it would be like, where did he get the uh, lightsaber? And all of a sudden it's all... And then, and then they flash back to the scene. And it's all, it's all, it's all like uh, Luke driving around in his in his jeep, all listening to Nirvana, all with a beard, <laughs> his beard, and all tortured. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we've had another one of those kind of audience moments because when Ray goes to speak with Finn after he's talking to folks who can get him to the outer rim, um, Maz leans in again to Han Solo and's like, "Who's the girl?" And they get yeah. away from them. Yeah. Yes. So she gets the um. She she puts her she grabs this this lightsaber, and immediately has visions. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. Well well done. You get like the all of a sudden she's walking through the uh, the uh, the the corridor there on the uh, what the ship from uh, Empire. Yeah, from the battle that they had in the corridor, and then and then uh, she's there at with uh, with you see R two with the with the robotic hand touching his little head and. Now where is the, that the Knights of Ren are standing there, which we, which I really hope they delve into in the next movie. Sorry, Phil. What? I, I did enjoy how they have this. Yeah, she she appears in the scene. I guess the slaughter of that uh, new Jedi Order. Yeah. Do you know where the shot of of Luke with his hand on R two D two, where that one is supposed to be? No. Okay, because I'm. What, I hope like, you're going to tell us. No, no, no. I'm. I'm actually. I like. I think that's one of the other kind of mysteries. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're gonna. They'll probably. It'll, I, I assume it'll be addressed. Well, again, um, you know, now here's it. Fortunately, J.J. Abrams is not writing the next ones because, as usual, he'll address what forty percent of the questions. Yeah, I know. And I so really we, we watched that lost finale at, together. It at, was, the, at the end of the third movie, he'll be like, you know what? They were just in purgatory, and now they're gonna walk into there, this door. It was, it was all a dream. Yeah. We're all together in heaven. Yeah. What the fuck? No. <laughs> so. <laughs> so so also, yes, she has a vision of the Knights of Ren. So we we establish at that point that that there is a uh, there is or was an army of baddies. Right? Yes, 
Uh, and then we have another vision of hers where it's it's fucking it's fucking child Ray, Ray getting no, taken, little Ray little Ray getting taken away by the dude that runs the fucking pawn shop, and she's like, no, and watching don't. as a ship leaves the planet of Jakku. Yeah, as she screams. So it's it's a flashback of her own life. Yes, yes and that's you realize the calls that called her down to the basement were her own. Yes, yes, and that, is she heard herself calling. And and I do like in this scene also you get to hear uh, you get to hear uh, some Ewan McGregor action. Yes. Yeah. Saying saying her name. So yes. Um, or or is it or is it actual? Uh, is it uh, Allegheny saying? It's Ray. both. They both actually they took a, a word from I'm not sure what word he said, but they took a word that Allegheny said, which had the the which had quote-unquote Ray in it, they cut yeah. out that part, they inserted that, and then after Al Guinness is heard saying Ray, uh, you hear Ewan McGregor say, I think these are your first steps. Awesome. All right. Awesome. So anyway. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So they, 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 she comes out of the vision, and she's like, fuck this, and she runs away too. Yep. And uh, so... And poor Han and Chewie are like, Art, what? Yeah, so Ma- Maz Katana takes the lightsaber and gives it to Han, right? Yeah. And it's like, here, take this. By the way, fucking Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, his original one, is just here. Here. Good thing you found it. Uh, so now, yeah. we go back to Starkiller Base. Yes, and, the planet that and, is also a space station. Yes, and fucking Adolf Hitler Weasley is uh, <laughs> making the big speech. <laughs> So he's making, yep. like, the most hateful speech. They're just like, look, say these words in as hateful a voice as you can possibly do it. You know, were they, were they refer- referring to Nazis? I thought it was a little unclear. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was a little ambiguous. Yes. So he's addressing the entire army and talking about how this, you know, this Starkiller base is ready to fuck up the, uh, the galaxy. And basically, yep. they established at this point that Starkiller Base is the Death Star multiplied by 10. Yes. So they, they fire off the mega weapon. And basically, Starkiller Base is a planet that they've carved into a laser. It, it sucks the energy out of uh, a star and uses it to fucking blow up planets. It's, uh, it's a pretty awesome in theory concept. I don't think that it came off quite as awesome. No. It comes it's quite. A, it's probably one of the weaker scenes in the movie. the The scale of it just is not uh, conveyed very well. One of the, it, it ends up like the scale doesn't matter. They blow it up just as easily, if not more easily, as they did both Death Stars. Yeah, yeah. But and the other thing is that you know they blow shit up, but you haven't established anyone's emotional connection to anything that's blown up, like. When Princess Leia watches Alderaan get blown up, you know it's her own planet and that she's leading it. Yeah, and so there's 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 absolutely that emotional investment there. So they put this her... one, you get a shot of some people looking scared, that apparently in the deleted scenes there's more about them. Yeah, yeah, like the the lady who's kind of focused in on one of those shots is yeah. a personal envoy of uh, General Leia's to the Republic. Yes. Yeah. So there's some there's some backstory there. Basically, these planets get blown up as you see the laser going across the sky. Um, again, the scale is a, is off. Yeah. Was I, anyone else disappointed? Doesn't make a lot of sense. Was anyone else disappointed when you found out it wasn't Coruscant? Yes, I looked that up too. Yes. I was about to say that. Like, at least if it was Coruscant, you'd be like, okay, a planet of significance that I understand. 
has been blown or, up. Or, you know, if they'd blown up Naboo and we could have just all cheered. <laughs> I was, I would have been like, what's up? Hey! the prequel trilogy if they'd blown up Coruscant. <laughs> yeah. 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 But no, I, I looked it up and it, yeah, it's apparently like it's, whatever the new capital is for this new order, right? Actually, it, it's a really cool idea that in the in the new republic they don't in order to avoid the centralization of power they actually rotate the capital and so it happened to be at the hosnian system that that at that moment all right well there, there you, go. you go now now i want to pull out the old galaxy map and take a look around <laughs> okay so it's always, always good for an hour of can we get into that for a second like let's do that now that's one of the biggest issues in my opinion with this film is that you can't lay out the galaxy in your head. Like, the original trilogy, that's part of why it worked, because the rebellion was just a rebellion. Like, it had to operate within a universe which was completely controlled by the Empire. You didn't need yes. borders. Uh, in the prequel trilogy, that's one of the problems, where, yes, there's supposedly a civil war between the Republic and the Confederate uh, independent systems, whatever they are. The Twain Federation! That's what, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but do I know how the universe is split up? No. I hear no. things about battles on the Outer Rim and things like that, but I can't map it out. And Again, here, it's, it, yeah. here it's the same thing, and the problem is, like, you have Resistance, you have Republic, you have First Order, and it's not explained what the Resistance is and why it's the Resistance and not just the Republic. Yeah. Too many good guys. Well, and, that, and that's part of the thing that's missing from this film. Like, the resistance, in my understanding of it, it's basically like a private military company uh, started up by General Leia in order to keep the First Order in check because the New Republic is becoming increasingly paralyzed. And, and yet so, it's not really explained in the movies, so, no, you know. it's not explained at all in the movies. And so, actually, like, the Republic is sort of hands-off when it comes to dealing with the First Order. And so when you have that one line about with the Republic's support, well, then if you actually read the extended universe stuff, it's not really with the Republic's support. It's kind of under the table almost. Where yeah. We need to deny that we're helping you folks. But yeah, Leah, go do that thing. Yeah, it's, it needs to be a little bit more. And maybe they'll get it again. The things that we bash the, the prequels for. Yeah. We don't care. We don't want to know about it. But really, I think you need to have a little bit. If you're going to do it, that story. if you're going to build a universe where there are sides, I need to know where the sides are. Yes. So yes. basically, they, okay. they need to make a movie in this series called Star Wars Diplomacy, where it's just them <laughs> yeah. ta talking out everything that's that's happening in the background. Just honestly, give me one shot of the quote unquote universe on a view screen and have yeah, lines drawn on it. And that's I'm good. it. Just something simple. All right. Agreed. So anyway, so, the so they blow up some planets. It's supposed to be big. It kind of falls flat. But then, um, then the uh, the 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 first order arrives on Takadana. Yes, and and uh, basically they overwhelm the crew that's on Takadana pretty quickly, right? Yeah, as they should. It's a bunch of fucking people in a bar and like one group of a uh, small group of like rebels. Yeah. So they have um, they have Han and Chewie are battling. Han likes Chewie's bowcaster, as as he did earlier in the movie, and it's a nice little bit of comedy. Uh, Finn uh, quite adept with the lightsaber. Yes, so that's pretty cool to see. Um, 
he has a little battle with uh, with a guy calling him traitor. Yes. And um, yeah, and but they, in the end, they get overwhelmed. They've now renamed that stormtrooper traitor, like T R eight D or something. <laughs> oh come on. Uh, then the, uh, re- the once they're overwhelmed and they're going to be taken prisoner, more of the resistance flies in, and they're led by Poe, who is alive. Yep. So and, it's the big oh shit, he's alive, and, he, and he's the best pilot ever. And he kills everyone. He just blows up ships and stuff with ease. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, his his X-wing is pretty rad. While this is going on, Ren is there searching for BB-8. Yes, Kylo and, Ren is... And, and Rey. Yeah. So Rey, uh, Rey is out in the forest, basically. He runs into the forest. And again, this is someone... She, it's, not, it's good because you, it, it, for her character, it's kind of like, this is kind of what she would do. Yeah, and, um, she, and she tells the droid to fuck off. Like, she, like she's not meanly. She's like, you need to go again. And she has her little blaster. But, you know, it makes sense that... Um, someone who's kind of been through what she's been through and she just wants to get back to her planet. Uh, running seems to be a good option. It kind of shows a little bit of fallibility. She goes in there. Ren tracks her down. Um, they have a little bit of a chase. Uh, and then he fucking freezes her and it's awesome. Well, we talked about how, how wonderful it was that he wasn't leaping atop the the rocks, that he's basically yeah. just menacingly walking. Yeah, like, like you could just... He doesn't have to do all that. He doesn't have that. He doesn't count, have to pounce around like a panther. That count yes, Dooku, no. count Dooku agility. Yeah, <laughs> all jumping off of fucking cliffs like Anakin. Yeah. Like if this was if this was the prequel trilogy, he would have been leaping from tree to tree. <laughs> yeah, like, like a monkey. He would have been like uh, the dude in, in Indiana Jones there. Yeah. When he's swinging on vines with all the monkeys. Uh, like it's it's much more grounded depiction of, of Force users, and I really appreciate it. One thing I will say, going back to Poe's kind of reintroduction, while I, re- while I appreciate that they established this guy is an ace, and frankly, in about 10 seconds, it does more to show me that he's an ace pilot than three prequel trilogy films ever did for Anakin. That's right. It is a little bit overkill. I think he shoots down like 10 TIE fighters. Yeah, in someone counted ten- it and they thought about how ridiculous it was. It's so it's over the top, but yeah. I'll take it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, it was good. So uh, the Ren catches up with Ray. Uh, he fucking freezes her. And it's amazing. Because it's perfectly done. And then he all puts the fucking saber all right by her face. <laughs> so good. Uh, and then tries to get, he, he finds out that she's seen the map. So he makes her pass out. Well, here's and then what carries I, her to his ship like a badass. Here's what I wrote. Kylo Ren confronts Ray and first tries to find out where the droid is. And then I wrote, it's right there, dude, on the same planet that you're on. Yeah. How do you not know? Yeah. But he, yes, he, uh, he finds, you know, he reads her mind and finds out that she's seen the map. So he doesn't, he thinks he doesn't need the droid. And again, Kylo Ren arrogance. He's like, I'll get it out of the, yep. the girl. And so he leaves the yep. planet with her. Yeah. Doesn't uh, go after the droid stuck in the forest with all his troops around that could find it. Yes. Leaves the droid and yeah, goes and, uh, carries her to the ship. At that point, Han sees Ren carrying her. Um, they've been, uh, of course, saved by the resistance. Ren leaves. Uh, the big uh, now here again. I don't know how much time passes, but then the then the resistance ship all 
lands. So were they like traffic jam up above Takadana? I don't know. I don't know. I can't. That's the thing about Star Wars movies, man. Here's the one thing. The concept of time is fucking meaningless. And it's it's this in this film, it's particularly bad when they're traveling between planets. Yeah, I, and you're like, like wait, where are we? Has this been a week? Has this been like a two days? How long? I have no idea. Uh, uh, you know, I'm sure it's been plotted out somewhere, but it's not clear in the film. As for as for um, the sh- the troop carrying ship that the resistance has, I figure it's just kind of hanging back away from the battle for for the the pilots to clear the field. That's right. So then they land, and we get uh, General Leia's uh, introduction. Yes, and, and she she's comes face to face with uh, with Han. But of course, the comic relief is brought to you by Mepio. Fucking Mepio ruins the movie <laughs> with his stupid red arm. I hate this fucking you, robot. You probably don't recognize me because of the red arm. Uh, you know, and you know what? I'll give them points for being consistent with his douchiness. I hate this fucking bot. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, so, um, yeah. I also like, though, that she, like, gives a big hug to Chewie because, of course. Yep. You know, and then uh, and then Han and Leia talk, and Han's like, you know, I saw our son. Yeah. And so they talk about, you know, Kylo Ren, their son. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, I do and like... It's established that they've, had, that they've gotten a, uh, a galactic divorce of some kind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do right? like, I do like that, that while this is going on, now Chewie's uh, arm that was shot is getting tended to, and the nurse is just being patronizing with him. He's like, and she's like, that sounds very scary. Yes. He's like, you must be very brave. That's pretty good. That's a great fucking scene. Yeah. Uh, BB-8 finds uh, R2-D2. Yes. And Mepio explains that R2-D2 went into low power mode when Luke went away. And that's uh, that's R2-D2, hey? Just, just, uh, you know, a really emotional little droid. (laughs) Just doing what he wants. He all doesn't give a fuck. He's like he's loyal to Luke. He's sad. He's all sad. Droid. All powers down. If you they all, been... they all could use the guy, but it's all like, nope. I'm gonna power down. Well, Boy, if, if if you'd been through what R two D two had been through, you'd have a bit of an ego too. It's like he saved the universe probably about twenty times by this point. Well, and you know what? If I'm R two D two and I got to be around C three PO any longer, I'm powering down too. But here's <laughs> here's the one douchey thing though, because we get this at the end. We've got both pieces of the map right there at this scene. Yeah. You know, you could just show the map. You could show the map now, and then there's Luke Skywalker, but nope. R2-D2 is like, I'm fucking, I'm fucking sleeping. It's like when he goes, it's like when he goes, what video? (laughs) I forget exactly when, what triggers it, but um, it's actually, it's, it's somewhat earlier on, like it's, it's around this time in the film that R2-D2 apparently begins to start up. It just takes that long for him. To oh, it takes him a while. All right. yeah, so I can't remember. So, so he's he's my computer at work. <laughs> yeah, like I can't remember if it's mention of having the map or if it's mention of Ray or what is it. But there's something which happens around this point in the film, and that's when R2-D2 apparently starts the process. Yeah. Well, he awakens, right? It's not the uh, Force oh, no. is the only thing awakening, guys. Yeah. R2-D2's uh, awakening. So, so now we go back to the, uh, to the First Order, and uh, Kylo Ren is, is, uh, has got Rey imprisoned, and uh, he, he gets a little like some really good snark here, where she says, she asks him where everyone is, and he's like, 
You mean the murderers, traitors, and thieves you call friends? <laughs> so good. Uh, so he Ren is the best. Yeah, and so at this point, he takes his mask off for the first time and reveals his sexy emo face. Yeah, he's he's all yeah. By the I'm way, so driver. many so many sexy beings in the uh, first order. Oh yeah, and you know what? It's great too. I enjoy that he is just a regular dude under there. He all has to wear the mask for his own fucking uh, his own ego. Yeah. It's like he he doesn't require a mask at all. Yeah, it's a great it's a great touch. So he then tries to use the force to get the map from Ray, but now we get another moment where Ray is you know she hasn't realized it yet, but but she's able to block him, and then see his and then see his mind. Yes, and, if, and eventually says to him that he's afraid that he's not going to be as strong as Darth Vader, which causes him to fucking basically give up on it. By the way, she knows Darth Vader. Yes, but well, no, she I read it. it was a myth. She read it in his mind. That's yeah, what she, knows. she did read it in his mind. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like the idea of Ren going into her mind, kind of wakening up something in her and being a bridge for her to cross back into his. Yeah, yeah. that's not that's not uh, that's not too that's not far fetched. Now, so for the record, apparently, what woke, what started the process of R two D two waking up was when BB eight nudges him and kind of speaks to him a little bit. Okay. Ah, uh, yes. Now, in the meantime... One well, the of my, two best droids, really. It, it, in the meantime, when one of my favorite scenes, Huck is all tattling to Snoke on Kylo Ren. Yep. So, so good. So he's telling Snoke that Kylo Ren has not brought the droid, that he's brought the girl, and that he can't get <laughs> the information from her. So Snoke's like, well, then bring the girl to me. Yep. Right? Uh, so Ray has, been left, Ray has been left on her own, guarded by a stormtrooper. And so yes. she uses her Jedi mind tricks to tell the stormtrooper. Now, now the stormtrooper, who of course is played by James Bond. Yes, indeed. Awesome. Anyway, and she tells him to uh, release her. So she pulls the old, uh, the old Obi Wan trick, and uh, it takes her a bit, but she succeeds. Yes, and gets him to leave his blaster and or something, and, and leave the door open, yes. and she escapes. Yes, and of course. When Kylo Ren goes back to the room and discovers that she's gone. Such a tantrum. He throws so a tantrum. I love Kylo Ren. You know, Kylo Ren is, a, is fodder for memes and all that kind of stuff. And it's, uh, it's, all, it's all fine, but still truly a, well, a well-rounded character in a universe of characters that hasn't had that in a long time. And they do some good, good comic relief here where while he's throwing the fit, they have two stormtroopers walking to the room, realizing what's happening and just turning around and fucking off. <laughs> so good. Um, so they, they go back to the, the uh, resistance base and they go through the plans to blow up Starkiller base. And it's amazingly simple. They're just like, bring the shields down, blow up some, you know, whatever some critical piece. Blow and, up something. And that'll be And it. then blow it up. Yeah. Hey, wait. Yeah. A, a thing of that size must have a thermal oscillator. <laughs> well, of course, you know. Yeah. Uh, so now what I what, what I like here, though, is that now Finn lies again, right? He's like, I can I can show you where to go. And so... Yeah, in the end, he, he can't. He can't. He just wants to get to Rey. He wants to get to, to, to save Rey, so he's going to go with Han Solo and Chewbacca... And uh, they're going to go to uh, Starkiller Base. To they, they yes. believe he knows how to disable it, and he doesn't. 
And then 20 <laughs> seconds later, they're there after, like, uh, you know, jumping into light speed for 10 seconds. Well, they yeah. land on it in light they, speed. They land on it in light speed, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. All land on the snow and cut through the trees and, of course, hang off the edge of a cliff. Yes. Because it's not enough to have that. you got to have that final thing where it's like, oh, I don't know if they're going to make it. Uh, what I do like here now is another callback to the original movie is we get sneaking around the base. Ray's, yeah. Ray's sneaking around and trying to hide from the bad guys. Well, you know, she's 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 a Kenobi. Yeah. Well, that's my favorite. Maybe. Although, here, I, I, and this is my I fault. I hope so. She might be. Um, this is my fault because I kind of fast forwarded. I, while I understand why um, Han Solo and Leia just kind of hug in what turns out to be their final meeting together. Yeah. I feel like it, you know what? Were we really scared of having two old people kiss? Well, maybe they just looked back at how they kissed in the original movies and were like, "Do we need to do this awkward thing again?" Yeah. <laughs> like, like honestly, you see them kiss in the original trilogy, and can you imagine them banging? Like, I just can't. <laughs> You have to. They've got like a twenty-five-year-old son walk running about. Maybe he was. Maybe he was conceived by the Metaclorians. Oh come on! <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so uh, they uh, when they arrive at the and this is Han and uh, Finn and Chewie. What I do yes. like here is that now right away Finn reveals that he has no plan. Han is like yeah. Han is like people are counting on you, and Finn is like, "We'll use the Force." <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, that's it. not how the Force works. So good. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what eventually happens is they fucking capture sexy Captain Phasma and yeah. get her to lower the shields. And and worst worst moment of the movie. And and Finn is like. You know, you don't play. The, you know, he's like, you don't rule me now, Phasma. Like, <laughs> yeah, and basically, and they yeah. put her in the garbage chute. I guess I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Captain Phasma kicks ass, and I hope she's back. So. She, you know, she really didn't in this film. Apparently, no, I, I'm saying, I she she never got the opportunity. I believe in my heart that she kicks ass. I believe that uh, she's cast in the next movie, so I think that she survives. Yeah, I believe oh, in my no. heart that she's awesome. She has to be. She she can't wear that suit and not be awesome. And that oh, cape, no. come on. It's just it's just a tremendously missed opportunity. It would have been and nice to seen her doing more than twenty seconds of time. And in the and Star then get thrown in the garbage. In the Star Wars Heroes game, Captain Phasma has the power to give you more turns. So just so you know. Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah. good. Well, uh, and it, to me, it uh, it undermined her character by having her just kind of raise her hands and lower the shields. It would have been, in my opinion, it would have been way cooler if she'd hit an alarm button and they, they tie her up or knock her out and they just shoot the console and that brings down the shields. Yes. Yeah, something. Yeah, something would have been better. Yeah. It was a bit of a, a, bit of a poor choice so in, the that, in that, that respect. The resistance pilots uh, come in and they make their initial bombing run because the shields are down, but uh, yeah. realize that they don't have the firepower to... To take the, you know, well, they might, but then they're, they they meet up with uh, First Order ships who start shooting them down, and they realize very quickly that they're not going to be able to do it with Plan A. So, and they're counting on on the guys inside to to uh, to set off a chain reaction. Well, Han Solo and Chewie at that point are like, let's just blow some shit up, right? Yep. So yep. 
So that's what happens is that they set oh, that's up... right. They, that was never part of the official plan. No, but Han Solo and Chulie... Yeah. So Han Solo... Thermal and, charges. Yeah, so Han Solo and Chulie just decide, well, you know what? Let's blow some things up and see what happens. So they set up these explosives, and when that and while that's happening, uh, that's when Kylo Ren walks into the room, and Han Solo sees him, and so he now, confronts him. Also, at this point, Rey has been, dis- has been regrouped with the group. That's right. They did find Rey, and Rey and Finn... I don't. I forget why they're outside and the other two are in. But. Well, they're yeah. They end up in the top level. But yeah. anyway, we get to the big scene where yes. where we have uh, Kylo and Han. Yes, and Han and yells. Of course, they walk out onto a bridge above a bottomless pit. Yes, and uh, of course they do. And uh, at this point, Han Solo reveals that Han, that uh, Kylo's name is Ben. Yeah, Ben Solo, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> which is nice. It's a nice callback. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Han tells Kylo to take the mask off. He does. Han uh, goes over to him and is like, you know, come back to us. You're my kid, whatever. And uh, yeah. and it's such a fucking, uh, it's a screw job, basically, portrayed by Kylo Ren, where he acts conflicted. Oh, yeah. He fucking swerves him hard. Ah, I, everything he says is true. Like, it's just, it's not the meaning you expect. But when he says he's being torn apart, he is. Like, And yeah. the problem is, he wants to be dark, but he keeps feeling the light. And he even talks about it when he's worshipping Grandpa's mask. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's that's the thing we haven't really talked about with Kylo Ren, as one of his, uh, one of his issues is that he's not a Sith Lord yet. And part of nope. the issue is that you don't know if he's actually got it in him to go all dark, right? He may not be. Well, one, Snoke isn't Sith. I think Abrams has, has come out and said clearly, like, these are not Sith. They're dark side users, but they're not adhering to the old ideas of, of, of Sith. Sith and Jedi. Okay. All right. Uh, so Kylo eventually um, kills Han Solo. All fucking stabs him, Hardcore City. Oh, he puts that lightsaber right through him, right? Right through his fucking guts. Yeah, and then Han Solo falls down the shaft, as they all do. It's fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, and then at that... Han Solo ruled. Yeah, and then at that... But it had to happen. It had to happen. I don't don't disagree with the choice. Yeah, and the most heartbreaking part was that he didn't... He wasn't cut in half like Darth Maul. (laughs) 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 Down in two pieces? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, a significant, uh, a significant moment with some levity and some meaning and a way to jump off from that point, which again, you, we didn't see much of in the previous three movies. So good for them. So Chewie is on one level and, uh, Finn and Ray are on another and they all see this happen. Chewie, uh, takes a fucking shot at Kylo Ren and, and, and hits him. Well, he, 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 he lets out a giant bellow. Yeah, like so and he then, and then blast him with his bow cast. Which again, like he, so he warns Finn that he's there and then shoots at him, and Finn still can't stop it. Or not Finn? Sorry, yeah. uh, fucking Kylo I, Ren. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, remember though, Kylo Ren just killed his dad. Exactly, yeah. and since part of the the dark side <laughs> is emotions and kind of yeah. living that and feeling it. This is probably the most emotional moment of Kylo Ren's life. And yeah, so, frankly, I, I, he's probably completely unaware that 
Chewie's there even as he does the bellow. I will say, Chewie's going into berserker mode and just wiping out everyone is one of my favorite parts of this film. Just running awesome. running through the fucking uh, the fucking base, shooting all the stormtroopers and then blowing up the fucking uh, all the detonate or all the bombs. It's yeah, amazing. So good. So well done, Chewie. So when he blows all that <laughs> shit up. You know, now now we get it into a very classic Star Wars that, Phil, I don't know if you like this, where now, you know, we cut back and forth to different things. Uh, yeah. So they've blown up, they've blown up a hole in, uh, in the defense of the Starkiller base, so the, the pilots on the outside who are engaging in battle are like, okay, we can get in now and take a shot at this thing. Yeah. And in the meantime, uh, Ray and Finn are running into the forest. I think they might be trying to get back to the Falcon, but for whatever, they're in the forest. And and by the way, this planet's covered in snow because the star has been extinguished. Yes. And so the the planet is cold. And while they're in the forest, the, you get the great shot where you kind of get the the feet of Kylo Ren and his fucking lightsaber. Yep. All all you yep. know confronting them. This is uh, a tremendous battle. I'm with that they're going to have every lightsaber battle, every lightsaber battle in the prequel trilogy. The shame, absolutely. Yeah. It's got it's got everything to it. So uh, it's got the mismatch of of uh, skills. It's got the mismatch of numbers. It's got the uh, the good pacing. It's got great moments. So let's go through it. So because uh, I really don't want to talk about this, the, the 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 spaceships flying around. Because really. They go in and they blow it up. Yeah, here's so, what. Yeah. Can we just say that they go in and they blow it up? It's kind of cool, but really, Star Wars stuff is the space battles are always like the secondary part. Yeah, um, I'll say on, on the, and this is probably the only thing I have to say about the space battle going on. I'm a Y-wing loyalist, so it did break my heart a little bit that they were all X-wings. But I do really like that direction. It's kind of like the American military just bought let, you buy all the F three uh, F thirty fives. Like just go yeah. with the one model. I you like to go with the X-wing. I'm like, sorry, Phil. You're you're wrong about Y-wing. Y-wings are amazing. La 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so in the lightsaber battle, the first thing that happens is Kylo Ren force flings Rey into a tree. Awesome. Um, puts her out of action. So Finn, who's got the lightsaber, fucking fires it up, and, uh, and it's amazing. Yeah, and so they have a battle, and yes, essentially. He gets a couple of shots in, but you can see very quickly that this is a mismatch. Like, they do it... Even with an injured Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren's injured. He's pounding the blood out of his fucking suit. It's disgusting. Yeah. And, and awesome. And it's like it's like in wrestling where, you know, you get, you, get, uh, you get your established superstar and it's against a jobber, but not a complete no-name. Yep. You know, it's like you, you let the jobber get a little bit of offense in because you want to, you know, maintain some of his credibility, but just a little bit. It's clear that Kylo Ren is, you know, far yeah. outmatches Finn in this battle. Yeah, Finn's just a regular dude. He's extremely courageous, yes. but he has no, no, uh, no sense of this. Yes. So it gets to the point where they, they battle, he gets overmatched, he gets sliced up the back. Yeah. With the fucking saber, it's crazy. Yeah, so he drops the lightsaber, and then you get like the pivotal moment in the movie, right? Where and the best, and one of the best. Yeah. So now Kylo oh, Ren yeah. is, you know, and this is this is his grandfather's lightsaber, right? Like, so, he wants it bad. Yeah. So he tries to summon it out of the snow uh, using the Force, the similar way that Luke summoned it out of the snow in Empire. Yep. Yes. Yep. 
and the saber comes out and flies right past him and into the hand of Ray, who is recovered and gone in her ready hands to on the go. saber. And is ready it's to go. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. She fucking Again, fu- it's a nice it's a nice little swerve inside the movie that you a moment you kind of didn't expect. Yeah. So they start right by his fucking face too. So good. So they start their battle and uh Ray is is clearly a better match for Kylo Ren than Finn was, but initially uh Kylo Ren is 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 the one leading the offense and is kind of driving her back. Yep. And kind of drives her pretty much I, I it's not really a cliff, but like, you know, She's she's basically cornered when she he finally kind of uh, tries to end it, and they have yeah. like a standoff with the two lightsabers um, on each other, right? And it's amazing that you we've never had this scene before with such such close proximity with those two shots of their faces. Yes, it and it's done. It's it's it's, it's uh, very effective and awesome, and uh, she b- battles him back. Well, at, at this point, you realize that. He initially now doesn't want to kill her, right? He wants nope. to train her. Yeah. And so he says to her, I can show you the ways of the Force. And that's the moment where the Force awakens. Yes. So, <laughs> well, it's true. That's where yep. she realizes she's like, you know, and again, I've heard this jokes about, force. I've heard jokes about this where it's like, well, all she needed to do is hear the words of the Force. Yeah. Because at that, that point, she like kind of mouths it to herself, and she closes her eyes and kind of does the Jedi meditation. Yeah. And when she opens her eyes, she's a fucking beast. Amazing. Yeah. So Battles him back. He's taken out. He's hard. I mean, it's an injured Kylo Ren. Yeah. Um, just just battles him back all the way, and he's saved only by the, the, the earth splitting between them. Like, she kicks his ass. She fucking takes, get, hits him with a number of shots disarms him, gives him a, a big fucking slice. I don't even know what his injury is, but hopefully they keep playing that up in the in the next uh, movies. Yes. Like, whatever she's done to him, you know, you need to see that lingering. And she's she can finish the job at that point, but yes, then the planet splits in two, basically. Yeah. So, and so Kylo Ren is saved by the bell. Yes. <laughs> and she immediately goes to Finn, and Chewie shows up, and, and uh, Chewie takes Finn and they all go to the Falcon and escape. And it's amazing how quickly they were able to gather Kylo Ren up and get him off that planet that's about to blow up. So yes. Good, yes. On, good on Snoke and, 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 and uh, Hux. Yes. One, one note on the fight. Part of why she wins is, frankly, she doesn't only channel the light. And this is what makes her character arc really interesting. In the official um, the canon novelization it's mentioned that the dark side also calls to her in that moment. Well, you can see it, Good. right? Like yeah. I, I mentioned, I, think, I actually mentioned this on the sleepover uh, when we first had a discussion about this movie where you don't quite know. Cause there's like this ferocity in her face. Yeah. And you don't quite know, like, cause it, you know, a Jedi, she looks like she's going to kill the fucker and that's not what Jedi do. Right? No. Well, and then on the flip side, Kylo Ren, after he kills Han Solo, he's hoping for a feeling of satisfaction, but I, I, I'm not sure what wording is used, but I, I, he basically doesn't get what he wants out of it. No. So, like, moving forward, it's going to be very interesting to see what well, they do with their respective arcs. And it's about time they get some complexity into this shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it's about time. I mean, the, the most complex it got was 
Darth Vader is conflicted a little bit. <laughs> it's about yeah. time we get something. Because at this point now, like, we're, you're 60 years in, right? It's like, the fucking force should be fucking deadly. Yeah. And it should be something that's extremely hard to wield. And we need to see how hard it is. Because uh, we've never really seen that. Hux, so it's good. Hux uh, ends up escaping the planet, but he tells, he sees Snoke, and Snoke tells him to bring Kylo Ren to him to finish his training. Everybody escapes the planet. You got a planet blowing up because what's a Star yep. Wars movie without big ship blowing up? Yep. Uh, they end up, uh, all the good guys go back to the uh, Resistance base. And at this point, um, R2-D2 wakes up and Meepio immediately smacks him in the head like an asshole. I fucking hate Meepio. God damn it. <laughs> and at that point, oh, and also like, you know, Ray and uh, Leia hug and they're like, I guess uh, he's dead. And that's kind of the acknowledgement, right? Dewey gets no hug from Leia. No. Poor Chewie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm assuming that he did at another point. By the way, one thing Abrams, that we're... Hello. Oh. Go ahead. Abrams has said that that was just poor blocking on his part. Uh, yeah, no, that was just kind of an oversight, having Chewie in that scene block yeah. right past Leia. That was just yeah. poor blocking on the director's part. Yeah. yeah um, that's, we, that's it. We should mention, and I should have mentioned this long, long ago, but... You know, the, one of the big jokes about this uh, movie, too, is that Han Solo, after his son kind of, you know, turns on... Because we haven't really talked about this, but they established the story that Luke Skywalker is training a new order of Jedi. And that one yep. of his apprentices, who is Kylo Ren, turns on the whole thing and wipes it out again. Yeah. Like, why we keep why these Jedi keep going back to this shit? I don't know. But uh, I don't know. They're searching for something, maybe. Yeah, but when this happens... Han deals with it by just going back to being a fucking scoundrel. Yeah, I, I, the whole thing is is I don't know. It's it's like I get it's like a loss of a, a kid, um, in in a way. So the couples tend to not be able to weather that. Yeah, and he um, and he acknowledges it. Like he says, "I went back yeah. to the only thing I knew." But it just seems like there's probably a lot of backstory you wouldn't know, right? Like that you couldn't possibly. No, but I hear you. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, we get the two droids. They they join the map up. They and team up. They team up. It's awesome. They team up, and they're like, "Oh, there is the map to Luke." And so, Ray and Chewie and R two D two fly off to this planet to find Luke. Yep. Uh, they uh, they arrive at the planet. It's uh, it's the planet in her dreams, by the way. Yes, it is. Uh, it's all ocean. Dreams of water. It's yeah. a water planet. Uh, they've also said here that this is the planet where they believe the what the original Jedi temple is, right? Yeah. So so they find an island, and Ray walks up a long set of uh, rock stairs. And when she gets Man, to the did they top, ever build the, did they ever build this one up? Eh. Yeah, and when she gets to the you're top, just, you're like, get to it. There's Luke standing there. Staring at the ocean, probably like he does every or, day. Or a grave. Yeah. It might be a grave of some kind. Yeah, and he turns around and he takes the, you know, he takes his hood off and you see his robot hand. And uh, it's fucking old Luke. Yep. And she holds, holds and out his lightsaber and they do this long shot where they're... The chopper shot. Yeah, the chopper's going around the island and it shows them standing there and then credits. Yep. And that's There it. you go. Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Uh, thoughts, fellas. Thumbs up. Yeah. I'll give it two thumbs up. I loved it. Very. Uh, okay, sorry, go ahead, Phil. Uh, it, well, it, 
What they needed to do was establish a new cast of likable characters that they could build two, at least two more films off of. And they did that and more. Yep. Like, in terms of starting that cinematic universe, this checked all the boxes. It left us with a lot of questions in a good way because you can't see this as a standalone film in the same way you can A New Hope. Like, you yep. need to see this as something which will very directly continue. Yep. And, and as George Lucas said, he's like this... And he was not happy about it. He's like, he made this movie for the fans. And it was like, well, yeah, because A, that's who you should make movies for. And, yep. and B, you have, you've been successful. This movie ultimately just had to be good. And you would draw everybody back into it. And no one gives a shit that it's the same plot as New Hope. Uh, nope. You just use a formula that works and give people characters that they're interested in. And now we're all back, right? Yeah, I found it to be extraordinary how well the characters were written. Um, what a great job. Uh, these are characters that people love. People love these characters. Um, they want to see them again. They are great characters. Uh, definitely up there. Uh, I would probably put this uh, number two of my favorites of all of them. My, my, I, I'd, probably, I'd probably put this at number three. One thing I'll say is... I want to see these characters again. I don't want to see the same story. And that's why I'm happy it's not Abrams taking the next film. Well, because we saw what he did with Star Trek, which was he rebooted the franchise into a more action-y film. It was fine. And then he did the, practically the same thing again with Into Darkness, only it was Wrath of Khan. But it was the yeah. same tale of Kirk becoming leader, rinse and yeah. repeat. And I worried that if he was taking eight, that we'd end up with the same thing. Since it's the director of Loop, Looper, not only might we end up with a different direction, but it could also be creative. Because now that yes. you've brought the fans back in, you can do something novel. And it will yep. be my biggest disappointment if the next film just ends up being Empire. And my, and my only... Wait, yeah, and it can't be that, yeah. And my only concern is that... And I mean, again, J.J. Abrams isn't taking this on anymore, so which is good, because... The first two seasons of Lost were fucking magnificent, too. They sure were. But you've got the same thing here where it's like a lot of awesome things. You like the characters. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered, like a lot. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, Yeah, I put, put, uh, like I said, I put it to the only reason I put it above A New Hope is the um, it's more well written. That's just it. Yeah. It's just a better written movie. They're both they're both phenomenal, um, but it's just it's just better written. So, anyways, boys, that's we, it. We are about to hit two hours. Uh, we got two minutes left, and the program that I'm using to record will stop at two hours. So, all right, so it. let's give her. Let's uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I am at um, Slip with Five Eyes or Slip at Negamix.com and at Philip A. Iver. And we'll be Talk uh, to com- us on on the twets, folks. We'll, we'll be coming back to you, uh, you know, in a, in a week with some other goodness. We will talk about. I'm sure we're going to do a Rogue One review, and we're going to do it when it's still in theater. So if you don't like spoilers, don't listen to it. But you should because we're yep. awesome. Phil, as usual, right. you're a fucking good dude. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Phil. And uh, we got this. You up that music, buddy? I got a special one for you. There you go, Phil. There's your cantina music. All right, beautiful. All right, boys. I'll uh, we'll see all you listeners in a week. All right, peace out. Go.